Welcome to the free sermon podcast of the Potter's House Church in Virginia Beach, affiliated with Christian Fellowship Ministries. Our vision is winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. It's Wayman Wednesday. That means you're about to hear a message from the founder of our fellowship, Pastor Wayman Mitchell. Even though he entered into his reward and is in the presence of our Lord, we still need to hear his clarion call to faithfulness, holiness, discipleship, and commitment to the cause of Christ. If you like what you hear, please support World Evangelism by subscribing to the premium version of this podcast for even more sermons. Links are in the show notes. Enjoy today's sermon. There we go. Woke up the sound man. I told Brother Byers there's no hope for his hair. (laughs) Wonderful uh, blessing to be here uh, in the Chandler Conference. Always a great privilege to speak here and uh, enjoy the wonderful thing that God uh, is doing in your midst. And uh, I know you had an exciting night last night. I haven't seen all the announcements, but uh, I understand you had a great night last night. Yes, amen. If you have your Bibles open to the book of Acts, chapter 9, verse 31, we've got bad sound problems. One, two, three, four, I'm getting uh, feedback. Am I doing something or are you doing something? One, two, three, four, five, six, yes. Acts, chapter 9, verse 31. I want to preach to you a very simple sermon this morning. I made an amazing discovery as a young man, probably nine or ten years old. I discovered that if you put uh, a bean in the ground, uh, covered up, a row of beans or corn, that one of God's phenomenal miracles would take place. That before your eyes, you would see that seed marvelously transformed and begin to grow because of a principle that God had placed within that. And that was, uh, that was a phenomenal thing to me as a young uh, boy to uh, see God's creative ability, God's creative genius, uh, go to work uh, and observe before my eyes a plant uh, grow up that had the potential of bearing fruit, multiplying itself many, many times over. In God's creative genius, he has placed a dynamic and a principle that uh, not only uh, in nature as a reproductive principle uh, of that reproduction over and over again, but in that miracle and that phenomena, he has placed within the spiritual uh, uh, dynamics that principle repeated over that works out uh, in life, this is a uh, a dynamic that is able to move an individual and break through or transcend, go beyond the limits of your own ability, your own genius, your own uh, personality. I so enjoyed Brother um, Hector and uh, Brother James Martinez, both uh, who uh, uh, are presenting a dynamic spiritual dynamic. God is able to take your life, take your uh, ministry, break through all the limitations. I, I uh, look at Brother Martinez. I've uh, enjoyed uh, knowing him for many years and many others of the Chandler congregation that God has taken a life that uh, is uh, 
basically limited uh, in the natural consideration, uh, sometimes uh, almost ruined beyond uh, repair, and reach in in a miracle of grace, break through not only in salvation, but as they become ministers of the gospel of Christ and workers within the congregation, is able to transcend all the factors, all the limitations uh, uh, of either an individual or many times an individual and a church. Uh, And here in this scripture, I want to point out a very simple principle that we see in the history of God's working. Someone said, and you've probably heard this before, that any fool can count the number of seeds in an apple, but only God knows the number of apples that are in a seed. Now, that's a phenomenal uh, imagery because that imagery of God's uh, fruitfulness and reproduction is able to be worked out in our individual lives. And more than that, it's able to be worked out in our churches. And the book of Acts chapter 9, verse 31, I want to just read one verse of Scripture to you and preach uh, about multiplication. Then the churches throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace uh, and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were multiplied. Now, this is a statement from the Word of God, not simply of philosophy. It is of history. And I want to talk to you about multiplication for a moment. First of all, I want to talk to you about the multiplication of believers. There are... Uh, Endless approaches today in the church world to get people to come into a building uh, and uh, and present themselves as a church. One of these uh, uh, is the attractional model. They call this the attractional model. This is an event-centered ministry where they, uh, 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 they strive for what they call uh, perfection or excellence. And they hire musicians, they, uh, uh, professional musicians. Some of them not even saved, but they're very uh, accomplished uh, uh, musically. They hire sometimes professional people uh, in various uh, staff ministers in the church. Uh, and these are event-centered uh, uh, models. Uh, and uh, what they're creating is they're creating an atmosphere where people can come in and uh, they're actually, if you want to get down to the nitty-gritty, it is religious entertainment. People come into a facility, and they're made to feel religious. They're hyped, or they're made to feel uh, re- uh, religious, or made to feel good. And this is an attractional model. There's a second model that's being used, and that's called the seeker-sensitive church. This is a church much unlike your church and my church or our, our fellowship churches. This is a model where you get people to come in. They come in. They don't come in for the gospel. They come in for your program. You have a, uh, some kind of motivational speakers. You have various kinds. It's kind of a, a, religious, uh, a religious front, but uh, you're going to sneak the gospel in at some later point. The philosophy is uh, uh, it's like... Uh, uh, to make an analogy, if you uh, go into a chicken house, uh, you'll become a chicken. Well, that, that doesn't work. Can you say amen? This is a seeker-sensitive church. Then uh, there are churches and uh, their uh, ministries called missional. 
And what they do is they pick out some community project, some old, old folks that uh, need their house painted. They do community projects of various kind. And from that, they say, then we're going to win favor, and uh, then uh, we're going to present the gospel. They'll like us, and so they'll hear uh, what we have to say. But Bible is very clear. I want to talk to you about the multiplication of believers. Uh, and uh, in the Scripture, there are two factors that cause these multipliers to kick in. One of these is the miracle of synergism. The other is the miracle of witnessing for Jesus Christ. Now, synergism, if you don't know what that is, this means it's a phenomenon where the sum of two elements working in tangent is greater than the adding of the two together. Or in other words, uh, this is a phenomenon that when people will pool their, uh, their labors together, then there's something released which is called synergism, uh, and some tr- uh, a dynamic is, transpire, uh, is, uh, is triggered that causes a tremendous potential that is far beyond the adding of the potential uh, of those uh, who are together. Book of Acts, chapter 5, verse 14 said, And believers uh, were increasingly added to the Lord multitudes uh, of both men uh, and uh, women. So here we have uh, this principle is kicking in. There's a multiplier that's kicking in. Multitudes were added to the church, uh, both of men and women. In the book of Leviticus, uh, chapter 26 and verse 8, five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put 10,000 to flight. Uh, So here now we see this this, uh, multiplier beginning to kick in. Geometric progression uh, begins to move, uh, and as people are laboring together, pooling their talents together, uh, then God uh, begins to add the multipliers. uh, And this is two things. uh, One is witnessing the gospel, and the other is laboring together and partnering together, uh, and there are no shortcuts to this. In the book uh, of of, uh, Acts chapter 11... uh, and verse 19 and verse 21, both talk about a personal testimony, uh, witnessing, singly uh, evangelizing, confronting people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. The number of genuine converts you have will be directly proportional to the amount of people that are witnessing uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. In Acts uh, chapter 11, verse 19, now those uh, who were scattered after the persecution that arose over over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word to no one but the Jews only. But some of them uh, were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who when they had come to Antioch spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the Lord Jesus, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Now you'll not be able to escape that. We're talking about in, 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 a, in an age of technology, uh, which unbelievable technology we have, you're never going to escape uh, this business of a personal dimension uh, of people witnessing personally uh, face-to-face uh, with those uh, that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And the Apostle Paul goes on record, this was what he was committed to. In Acts chapter 20, verse 21, 
testifying to Jews and also to Greeks. Repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 20, how I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. So here we have in any setting, this is what we're dealing with, in any setting, primary to any event that's taking place must be the witnessing of the gospel, bringing people face-to-face with their personal position, their own personal sin, and their responsibility before God with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the gospel nature, and you no doubt have heard this, I'm not preaching anything new, is seed. So when I begin to use this illustration uh, that any fool can count uh, the number of seeds in an apple, only God uh, knows the number of apples in a seed. I look out over this great audience this uh, morning and uh, apply that principle. You're here from numbers of different uh, nations uh, and numbers of different churches. uh, And think now tonight uh, that inside you is a seed, and the Bible declares in Acts 12 and verse 24, the word of God grew and multiplied. In other words, these were people witnessing, and as they began to witness, it was bringing forth a tremendous response. If people are not being saved in your ministry, in your outreach, in your church, it is not according to the seed factor, and there's something wrong this morning because multiplication of believers is the natural result of preaching, witnessing, and evangelizing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anything else falls far short. I don't care if you can sing. I don't care if you can dance. I don't care what you can do. If the gospel is not being put forward, then there's no seed being planted, and there will be no genuine harvest of conversion. There will not be a multiplication of believers. This brings me then this morning to the multiplication of disciples. There is a difference between a multiplication of believers and a multiplication of disciples. Dallas Willard wrote a book, and he made a very telling point If you've been to Prescott Conference or you're sinning getting the sermons that I preach, you no doubt have heard this. I want to repeat it. He points out that the word disciple is used 269 times in the New Testament. The word Christian is found only three times. Believers is used twice. And the New Testament... Uh, 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 the, the first time that, that, uh, that he introduces the disciples is in Acts eleven twenty six, And the New Testament, he says, is a book about disciples, by disciple, and for disciples uh, of Jesus Christ. Now listen to this telling comment, uh, because you must understand this, uh, and especially if you're a pastor. For at least several decades... Um, The churches of the Western world have not made discipleship a condition of being a Christian. One is not required to be or to intend to be a disciple in order to become a Christian. And one may remain a Christian without any signs of progress toward or in discipleship. Contemporary American churches in particular do not require following Christ in his example, spirit, and teaching as a condition of membership, discipleship, clearly is optional. Now think about that for a moment. Ponder what I have just read. 
The word disciple is used 269 times in the New Testament. The word believers is only used twice. A Christian is only used twice. A believer is only used twice. And the word Christian is found only three times. Now think about that and analyze that because I have just described the problem with the church in America today. And it could be your church this morning. I want you to focus in on this business of disciples. There's a frightening observation that we need to make. And we need to apply the personally Listen carefully to what I'm saying. Here's the challenge. The number of the disciples multiplied. In the book of Acts, chapter 6 and verse 1, now in those days when the number of the disciples was multiplying. Think about that. Apply this to yourself for a moment because now we're come face to face with the issue of a disciple. There are many people, I recall last year, I believe it was, early on, Willow Creek, uh, the seeker-sensitive church, Bill Hybel, they did an analysis uh, of several churches, including his own, and they found out they were not making disciples. Now, if you're not making disciples, uh, then you're not multiplying uh, believers that are genuine uh, believers. As we begin to examine that for a moment and make a personal application, uh, we're going to have to find out uh, and define what is a disciple. First of all, a disciple is a learner. A learner, Acts 2, verse 42, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' uh, doctrine. In 2 Timothy 2, chapter, uh, two, uh, 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 chapter 2, 15, that, uh, be diligent to present yourself, uh, approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing uh, the word uh, of truth. So, then this is going to be a learner. This means, first of all, there's going to have to be a dedication to the study of this book. Can you say amen? Amen. This book is God's self-revelation to humanity. And if you're going to be a disciple and just occasionally glance into this book, then you're going to have a very difficult time being a disciple because you're not going to be a genuine learner. Something else is happening today. I just read this recently, and uh, uh, this, uh, this author was bringing out what's happening today, is that when uh, pastors are uh, preaching in many of the megachurches, uh, they put on the scripture on the, on the, uh, the screens up here, and uh, he discovered as he's looking around uh, that uh, the people are depending on those scriptures, uh, and they're from the Message Bible, which isn't a genuine translation. Uh, but the pastors have chosen that because it's, uh, he can interpret it the way he wants to interpret it. Uh, and uh, he's not really giving the true interpretation. He's spinning it the way, uh, way he wants to spin it. And the congregation doesn't know any better because they don't have any Bibles with them. How many of you have your Bibles with them? Let me see you if your Bible. About half of you. So as he's looking around and he's listening to this uh, mega church pastor preach, he realizes this man is not giving a genuine interpretation of what the Bible says, but nobody knows the difference, uh, and you're not going to be a learner uh, unless you're going to know what the Bible says, not what somebody says it says. Secondly, if you're a disciple, you're going to have to be a follower in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 1 and verse 6, Paul said, 
and you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit. A disciple is not only a learner, but a disciple is a follower. Jesus said in John 8 and verse 31 to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, then are you, my, are, are, are you disciples indeed. Now, this isn't something that you do once in a while. This is a lifelong call to be a follower of Jesus Christ. In the book of Acts chapter 21, verse 15 and 16, some astonishing words. After those days, we packed and went up to Jerusalem. Also, some of the disciples from Caesarea went with us and brought with them a certain Manasin of Cyprus, an early disciple or an old disciple with whom we were to lodge now think about me uh, with me uh, for this for a moment. Is that they're remarking almost as passing, and yet the Holy Spirit records this uh, that here is a man, and apparently this man was converted many years before, and it notes uh, that he was one of the early disciples or an older disciple, uh, and here he is. He still is following uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and he still. Uh, they put a label on him in the Scripture. The Holy Spirit puts a label on him. He still is a disciple. Or in other words, he not only was a learner, but he was a follower many days after. And here's what the problem becomes this morning. Remember, I'm talking about the multiplication of disciples. What the problem is today is that what many people embraced as a new convert, they no longer embrace or in other words, they believe it in a mental concept, but as far as playing that out in life, uh, they no longer play that out. I was interested to, to, if I understood correctly, Brother Martinez, when uh, Ron Myers was sent out, went and sold everything that he had. All right, we've got a special promotion for the faithful listeners of the VBPH Sermon Podcast. Here's the deal, Jack. <laughs> We're taking an impact team to Pastor Paul and Deanna Alvarez in Lima, Peru. <laughs> they let us know that they need some equipment. We'd like to give you a chance to help us buy them a new iPad and a new smart TV for their children's church. Our goal is to raise $1,000 for these items, and we think you'd like to help. So here's what we're offering. So here's what we came up with, guys. When you donate $30 or more to this fund, uh, you're going to get a six-month subscription to the premium podcast at no additional cost. And when you donate $50 or more, then we're going to give you a full year. How about that? Yeah. You'll get all the benefits of our premium sermon podcast, which means daily sermons, interruption-free listening, and zero commercials. We'll get new subscribers out of it, and Pastor Alvarez will get some new equipment to help with what God is doing there. Uh, we think it's a win-win-win. <laughs> uh, this promotion will only last until our impact team, which is happening toward the end of June, so don't miss this opportunity. But wait, Pastor Adam, Dave, what if, what if I'm already a premium subscriber? I'm so glad you asked. Well, so we are going to pass to you, those of you who are already paying for a subscription, 
we can give you a gift subscription that you can pass on to somebody else out there who always wanted to subscribe but never got around to it for whatever reason. Right. So all of the links will be in the show notes. And we look forward to being a blessing to you and to Pastor Paul in the coming weeks. Thanks, guys. And put into the plate. The question is, James, would you do it again? Now, wait a minute. Now, I've got stuff now. (laughs) What you sold then was uh, some uh, drug dealer's junk. But what about now? Are you still following me? This is a, this is a, a famous story. It's told. It's a, a full gospel businessman. This a wealthy man uh, was a millionaire. He was giving his testimony to full gospel businessmen. He was telling how uh, that uh, when he was first saved, uh, he knelt down before God, uh, opened his uh, uh, pockets and his wallet, threw everything on the bed, and said, "God, uh, I'm giving all of this to you. Uh, take it all, Lord. I just want to serve you." Fully, I just want to serve you completely. And I prayed that prayer, he said, and now God has blessed me. Now I have businesses. Now I'm a millionaire. And an old man stood up from that and said, do it again. And he said, amen. So here's the scripture. It notes that Manasseh is saved many years before but he still is a disciple, uh, and the Holy Spirit can record that uh, for you and I, and we're talking about multiplying of disciples. Now, what we see here is the picture of disciples being multiplied, uh, and there is an acceptance of a premise, uh, and that premise uh, is that they've committed themselves uh, to the business uh, of discipleship, uh, and whether they are an individual or whether they are, uh, or whether, uh, they are a church, uh, they've committed themselves uh, to make disciples. This is the reason that we have home Bible studies. I'm assuming that you have these. I don't, we have home Bible studies in Prescott, have had for many years. And the reason we do this is not because uh, we're afraid these people, if we don't give them something to do, they'll go out and get drunk. So we've got to have another night of activity. The reason we do that uh, is that we're intent uh, on making these people learners and followers. Uh, and in home Bible studies, a wonderful opportunity is given uh, whereby they can learn people skills uh, and relate to other people. This is why uh, that we have impact teams uh, our impact teams, we've sent impact teams out uh, for uh, nearly uh, 40 years now, sending them out, loading them in vans, uh, we're paying the expenses, uh, helping small churches, uh, and they go out and evangelize and help. The reason we do that uh, is so that we can multiply disciples. Uh, how many of you know that uh, you have to be a real disciple? You're going to give up your day off. You're going you're gonna to buy your own hamburger. You're going to go be a part of an impact team, labor all day long, perhaps in a 115-degree temperature, and be witnessing to people and bring them to some event that night. And after it's through, drive back home and get back in the early hours of the morning. That's what makes disciples. We have a 180, which is our concert. And they were telling me recently 
that we have no less than 40 young people behind the scenes, working the video cameras, uh, helping with the drama, the equipment, moving the equipment, changing the scenes. Uh, Some 40 young people are involved uh, in putting on, on Saturday night, an event uh, that has the gospel so that we can uh, can get people saved. And they do that, and as they do that, we are making disciples out of them because we are busy making disciples. It's an absolute essential. Not only are you a learner, but you're also a follower and other many things we're talking about this morning. Multiplication of disciple is the aim, and the Scripture says the number of disciples were multiplied. There's one other thing I want to talk to you about, and that's the multiplication of churches. That's what this conference is all about. Now, this is contrary to the trend of the religious world. The religious world today is dedicated to mega churches. That means that you get as many people as you can, however you can get them in, free tacos, that doesn't matter. Get them into a building, an ever-increasing and enlarging building, and an uh, 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 ever-increasing budget to enlarge these people. When it gets too big, uh, then start a video site uh, somewhere else, uh, and that video site shows the same preacher preaching uh, uh, so that a a group of people gathered in a building, uh, uh, and this has become the popular thing, not church planting, but an audience, a religious audience, uh, that is focused uh, on one individual. Now, generally, megachurches focus on a charismatic leader. And they do these uh, things, a video, uh, to multiply the sites in the same city, uh, but they're not planting churches. I think it was last year, the year before, we were in, uh, we were in Israel. We were staying um, uh, up on the Sea of Galilee in Tiberia. And Benny Hinn uh, had come to Israel. It seemed to me he brought uh, 22 buses. I can't remember, but a number of them were staying in the same hotel we were. And so some of our people were talking uh, to them, and they found out uh, that they are Benny Hinn followers. Uh, and they're talking to this one minute, uh, 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 person that is a part of the, of the uh, group and uh, said, uh, who, who is your pastor? said, Benny Hinn. said, Benny Hinn. You, you, uh, you go to his church? said, no, I've never met him. <laughs> Lots of luck when you die getting him to preach your funeral. I mean, lay hold of this for a moment. You're you're watching someone. You are uh, made to feel good, or you're entertained by this person, and uh, that's all connection you have as far as the real nitty-gritty, nasty business of helping people through their problems. Uh, Later, I have things to say, uh, and you listen to me, and you'll be fine. uh, But when you get into real problem, who do you go to? They're not planting churches. Now think with me for a moment, uh, because this is what this conference is all about. uh, And uh, we live today in a generation of anonymous uh, Christianity. That means uh, that uh, no one knows who you are. You come into a building. You go out of a building. No one knows really who you are, whose wife you're sleeping with. They have no idea. This is the, the generation of anonymous 
Christianity, and it's not what's in this book, I want to tell you. The Bible is very clear on this pattern. That pattern is the reproducing of congregation. Look at verse 31 with me again. And the Bible says, Then the churches were multiplied. And that's what this conference is all about. We don't gather in conferences to be entertained by great speakers because uh, as far as the world is concerned, we don't have any, probably. Maybe you think you are, but uh, I have news for you. Amen. That's not what our purpose is. The reason the blessing of God is upon our movement is what I'm talking about tonight, uh, this morning. is the multiplication of congregations, the reproducing of congregations. And Paul recognizes this, and he refers to this as he's writing to the Thessalonians, and he's talking about a pattern congregation, churches, reproduce themselves in like manner. Just like a seed, as you put it in the ground, you're not going to plant beans and get watermelons. Can you say amen? Congregations will reproduce themselves, and I dare say that I could go to most of the congregations that have come out of Chandler, and I would immediately recognize a distinctive that was there because it was a reproduction of a pattern congregation, and genuine congregations reproduce themselves in like pattern. And Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 2.14, uh, for you, brethren, became imitators of the churches of God which are in Judea. Uh, digest what I'm saying. In other words, we don't send workers out and uh, lay hands on them. You're going to have workers. You're going to lay hands on them, send them out. And as you send them out, you're not going to say to Scott and, and Kerry Grabowska, you go to Tanzania and whatever you want to do, that you do that. We'll just send you money. Do you say Nothing enrages me more than to send someone out uh, and I find out they're doing something completely different than what we're doing. There is a conference call come together. We're going to digest this and we're going to discuss this. Uh, You like my support, then you do what we're doing. Amen. Amen. you don't want my support, then you do what you want to do. But don't expect us to back you and put our label uh, upon you. Now, this is going to require price. We're talking about planting, uh, reproducing congregations, uh, and this requires a price. You're going to send out workers tonight. I don't know how many. I don't have any idea. But you're going to send out workers, uh, and those workers generally are going to be the best workers out of a congregation. We don't look around, find some slob, and say, uh, uh, well, okay, he's no good to us. Let's send him out. (laughs) You're going to send your best musicians? You're going to send your best workers? They're going to be the cream of the crop, and you're going to sacrifice uh, your welfare as a church, whoever you are, whoever you are as a pastor, to send these people out uh, because you're wanting to reproduce uh, what you are, and it's going to be a sacrifice of valuable workers uh, and talent. Quite frequently, 
The best workers in a congregation are the ones that are sent out, and there's always a pain to pay, a price, an agony to go forth. But I want to tell you, God has lots of seeds. Amen. And if you plant the seed he's given you, he'll give you more seeds to plant. And when you begin in this arena that we're in, when you begin to stir a vision, you no doubt had a video last night. When you begin to stir people with a vision, don't be surprised if all of a sudden they want to, they want to go. You know, many, many people say, world evangelism, we're going to reach the world for Jesus. Pastor, I'm ready to go. No, 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 no. No, you, you have to help us here. When you begin to stir people, then they're going to begin to want to go, and that's the consequences, is one price you're going to pay is a price of valuable workers, and the second you're going to pay is a financial obligation that you have. Many pastors would like to plant churches and they didn't have to pay for it. They want to wave the banner. Well, we're, we're, we're world evangelism. Uh, and so their worker goes out and said, Pastor, you know, <clears throat> I need a PA. Oh, listen, I didn't have any PA, and I went out. You just, uh, <laughs> Pastor, uh, we've got, uh, we've got 30, 30 people. Uh, you think you could help us in a building? Ah, listen, yeah, no, that's too much money. We're under a lot of stress here. You know, things are really tight here. No, you see, when you send a worker, immediately you're saying to them, we are going to back you, and our first obligation of our finances uh, is to pay your support. Secondly, let me say this, uh, that the primary responsibility we have as congregations and churches reproducing uh, is that our workers overseas uh, have first obligation on the money that comes into our church. They have priority with God. Can you say amen? Can you say amen? I, I, under, I understand last night you made transition or planted uh, uh, several overseas workers, uh, and that's thrilling. Uh, no doubt you were shouting and you were just so excited, uh, and it's just wonderful. But you see, now you have to pay for this. Not just an initial launch. Hey, here we go. We planted a church. No, now the real task begins. Uh, and especially if you've sent an overseas worker, which is a bottomless pit. Because we're reaching people, in many cases, who cannot support themselves, who cannot ever hope to, to do that uh, with the, at the level you have. And you're going to have to, to reach in until you've trained an indigenous worker that can rise up. Uh, and it's going to have a priority That'll take everything that was in you to keep that going. Many pastors would be church planters uh, if they didn't just have to write that check every month uh, and uh, send those. Uh, but think of the sacrifices that have paid off around the world. Hold on. Look at these flags around here. See, these flags are not just uh, the waving of a banner. These flags are precious people that you have sent. These are precious workers that you have sacrificed. Uh, not only that, uh, but uh, that has extended now around the world uh, in a representation of these flags uh, that are hanging there. Now think for a moment about the potential of this. This is staggering. I talked to you about multiplication. Multiplication 
isn't just a dream. I'm reading a real passage of Scripture of a historical event uh, in the church of Jesus Christ, uh, and it says, Then uh, were the churches multiplied. Then uh, were the believers multiplied. Then uh, were the disciples multiplied. I'm reading real history uh, in real time uh, as what God's pre- uh, premise is, uh, and think of the potential for a moment. Lock your mind in as I quit. Hebrews 6, verse 14, saying, Surely, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. Now, that is a quotation from the book of Genesis chapter 12, when the father of our faith, Abraham, entered into a covenant with God, and in that covenant, God said, there's going to be this principle involved. I understand both of our men this morning preached on covenant. And probably, no doubt, many this week uh, uh, ministered on covenant. You see, this is talking about a covenant. And God says, in that covenant, uh, blessing I will bless you, and multiplying uh, I will multiply you. There's a story that is told, and this story is about Johnny Appleseed. You may have heard this before. In 1792, this man... Uh, discovered that factories uh, or plants that were uh, creating apple juice uh, and apple sauce uh, did nothing with the seed. They cast it aside, uh, and into his head came an idea. He began to ask if he could have the seed from that, uh, and as they gave him the seed, he began a project uh, of planting vineyards. He planted vineyards in Indiana. He planted vineyards in Ohio. He planted uh, vineyards in Illinois. And the number of apple trees that he planted were countless. Wherever he went, he planted an apple seed. Wherever he went, he planted a vineyard. And here we are, setting in 2009, and many of these vineyards still exist today. They've grafted, replanted, still exist today. And think of the billions of apples that have come out of one man who began to plant apple seeds because he had a vision of God's phenomenal ability to reproduce, and he had a vision for apples. In this congregation, there are people. God's challenging you in this week of conference. And that challenge is to plant your life. That challenge tonight or this morning is to seize the opportunity that God's given to you. Think about this. man's passing by. He sees the piles of apple seeds there. He gets an idea. And he says, God has made a phenomenon. And that phenomenon is, if I put those apple seeds in the ground, they'll reproduce and they'll make apples. uh, And that's a worthwhile endeavor in life. You and I are involved in planting churches. Can you say amen? And God is able to bless, and when He blesses, He will release this principle. It's the principle of multiplication. I want every head bowed. I want every eye closed. Just as we are still in the dynamic. Thanks again for listening to the free version of the VBPH Sermon Podcast, where we post sermons on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, 
and Sundays. We also have a premium version of this podcast, which posts sermons and interviews every single day of the week. So why would you want to subscribe? I'm glad you asked. I have five reasons for you. Number one, on the premium version, we post full versions of Testimony Tuesday, Pastor Campbell Thursday, and Study Day Saturday. If you'd like to hear those episodes, then subscribe now. Reason number two, uninterrupted listening. We remove all ads and all extraneous content from our premium feed. Reason number three, premium episodes always release six hours earlier than the free version. If you're an early bird, it's a great reason to subscribe. Number four, our subscribers will gain access to our sermon chat group on WhatsApp, where we interact directly with listeners around the globe. If you'd like to chat with other premium subscribers, subscribe today. And finally, every dollar we raise goes to world evangelism. This is the best reason to subscribe because you are helping us launch churches all around the world. We don't put one dime in our pockets. Everything that we raise from this podcast will go directly to Thursday night of Chandler Conference. So please subscribe today by using the links in the show notes below. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon podcast of the Virginia Beach Potter's House Church. Were you blessed by today's message? Let us know. Please leave us a rating on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. We'll be back next time with another life-changing word from heaven. God bless. God bless.